Attention. Attention in detail. Listen up and lead well. You're a VIP, giving you what you need to succeed. Be best you can in your own company. Attention detail one by one, step by step to get the job done. Pops are gonna break it down to you. I ask the questions, get the show started for the attention detail. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Attention to Detail with Eric Bird. Moving your brand forward as artists, leaders, and influencers. I'm your host, Jason Bird. This show is sponsored by VIP Consulting, leadership done well. VIP trains leaders in the skills they'll need to take their organization to the next level. Vision casting, conflict resolution, staff and volunteer management, and more. VIP Consulting helps clients create an action plan and works alongside you to execute it. Experience what faith-based institutions, individuals, and organizations have come to learn. VIP Consulting gives you the VIP treatment. Go to ericbird.com for more information. Today's episode, Back to School, Six Details on Embracing Adversity. And now, here's my dad, Eric Bird. Hello, son. Uh, Hello, everybody at home. Thank you for listening. We have another uh, fascinating episode here on attention to detail six details on embracing adversity i wanted to let you know about uh, a little bit of a new sponsor jason so new sponsor new sponsor new hashtag sp- ad hashtag ad <laughs> new sponsor um get excited are you excited about the new sponsor i'm interested oh lovely well let me just uh let me give you this uh headline by the time this is released by the time the good people at home are listening to your dulcet tones and going, what a lovely young man that I'm going to give him a full scholarship at any college in the world. Email, email a brother. Uh, October 4th, I'm excited to announce that I'll be a featured speaker at the CFX conference. <sighs> woo, woo, that, woo, woo, that's hot fire. The Church Facilities Conference and Expo, CFX, is a new event, multimedia outlet serving the House of Worship market. Their goal is to provide church volunteers and personnel with a channel for education, information, and connection with with others in the industry. Partnerships with other leading media brands and companies, uh, they provide products and services to the church market. They create a beneficial synergy for everyone involved. Now, CFX is going virtual. Uh, We're all dealing with 2020, y'all. So it's virtual, and their virtual program is an online conference platform offering learning sessions led by more than 20 industry leaders. Did you know that your father was one of the industry leaders? I did not. Yeah, I'm the industry leader. Not only that, did you know that I am also 732 pounds? Were you aware of that? Probably. You probably already knew that. Uh, And while the car is parked there, let me also just say that uh, this isn't a crash on anybody because we're all doing the best they can. I went to a great conference online last week. It was wonderful. A lot of great information. It was from 11 to 4 o'clock, two days. And I'm telling you, after two hours, I was kind of like, okay, sit in front of the computer for another four hours. CFX is not doing that, people. What CFX is doing is that starting October 4th, but I believe it is happening through December 6th. I might have that end date wrong, but I know it's going on 
for several, several weeks, a couple of months, it's going to be one thing a day, like one thing a day. So you can get your team together and say, hey, at 12 o'clock today or at two o'clock on Monday or four o'clock on Friday, whatever, we're all going to remote in. We're all going to watch this one speaker and this one content. And so then we don't have to have screen fatigue. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? Instead of putting it all into like maybe three or four days because there's so much information, they put it, they chop it up. So that way all you have to do is watch me at two o'clock on the 19th, I think, of October. And then you're so on fire with that, you come back on Tuesday and you see somebody else. So um, registration is happening right now. It even happens after October 4th. So you want to go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com. Can you spell facilities? I, I might struggle with that. But churchfacilitiesexpo.com to register it is happening now through december all right um and i want to give a shout out to uh my girl miss lippy for hooking me up uh with the conference and giving me a, a platform to speak you know what i'm talking about did i tell you what i was talking about hmm. i'm talking about uh diversity for white churches how you can be intentional about diversity for white churches a lot of churches and a lot of white churches they go hey we're open okay well that's great but um, to actually have a church that is diverse, you have to be intentional about what you do, right? So we're going to be talking about intentional ways of opening up your church to people and ethnicities and races and faces that are different than maybe the makeup that you have right now. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go through this quick. Again, we always try to keep these things around 20 minutes. I'm already five minutes in. Uh, with our content. So I just want to go through this quickly. A lot of us are experiencing back to school in different ways. And so October, we're, uh, it's going to be our A2D, back to school. Got to go back, back, back to school again. Did you, did you ever see Grease 2? Not, not the first one, not the classic, but Grease 2? Probably not. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's campy. It is funny, but that was the that was like the theme song. Back to school again. Back to want me to sing it again? No. Okay. Uh, all month we'll be talking about the challenges of learning virtually. Today we'll be dealing with adversity. How many of you out there have had some adversity trying to teach your kids uh, from your living room? Well, you didn't go to school for that. Okay, you went to school for to be an accountant. You didn't go to school to try to teach your kid, you know, how to read on a third grade level. I mean, if I had elementary school kids, my hair would be even grayer. I imagine that's probably, I won't say a drag, but I mean, that's probably like really, really challenging. So we know that you're dealing with adversity. We know that you're doing the best you can. Here are some things that we can encourage. We stop by to, we stop by to encourage you, you know, be encouraged no matter what's going on. He'll make it all. Do you, you know, remember that? No, not, not that song either. Okay. So six things. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ways dealing with adversity. What's number one? Hit me. Number one, leaders are doing the best they can in these difficult times. Okay. If you think that administrators and teachers woke up today to make your life miserable or they control the Wi-Fi in your home, allow me to just stop by and tell you you're wrong. They actually don't. You know, your teacher did not assign you an online uh, assignment knowing that your Wi-Fi was going to go down across the whole grid. They, they, they didn't know that. 
So it's really tempting to get online and get on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody how awful teachers are and how awful your school system is and how and how teachers don't really care because of your one bad experience that may or may not have to do with teaching. So just remember that leaders, your school administrators, your principals, they're doing the best they can. All right. Can we just can we just get an amen right there? OK, can I get a witness? Right. They're doing the best they can. None. I, I would say ninety eight point seven percent of everybody who entered education before 2020 did not decide that online full time was their goal. <laughs> I would bet that none of us, you know, maybe point oh oh three of us probably thought that we would live to see the day where that all of education is done completely online. Now, I got my second master's, the first one, second one. I got my second master's in leadership studies, um, and that was hybrid. We went to school for two days all day, and then all of it was online. Okay, so that's not a foreign concept for those of us that are doing like graduate school and stuff like that, but still that's different. They're doing the best they can. Also, I know a tremendous amount of teachers. I'm married to one of them. I know a lot of teachers where it's hard for them to do what they're doing online and they can't do. How do you do choir online? How do you have a jazz band online? How do you teach somebody how to swing a golf club online? I mean, it's hard. So they're doing the best they can. They, they're doing the best that they can. They're trying to come up with creative ways of doing it. They're trying to figure out a way of keeping you engaged. They also have to do it multiple times a day. The student has to do it multiple times a day. Show some patience, people. Show some grace. Be nice. D just because they didn't, just because they only have 42 minutes in a classroom, and they're doing it online, which is not the model that they set out to teach in in the first place when they were in school, doesn't mean that that should give you the right to get on Facebook to talk about how awful your school system is. And that's why we should all be face to face. OK, that is stupid. And let me just underscore that because I'm a Christian. That's stupid. OK, that's mean and that's cruel and that's not helpful. What is helpful is reaching out on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram and on all the other things that you people use instead of actually instead of actually being a, a present and being a part of the educational process what actually is helpful is saying okay miss the mark today what can I do to assist in getting it better tomorrow right that's what's helpful so they're doing the best they can two temper your educational expectations yeah uh Jason, where is it written that school is supposed to teach you everything? I did not know that was written because yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah. Did they give you a mission statement when you walked into your high school and they said, hey, y'all, um, here's what you're going to be covering over these next four years. It's going to be everything. No. Like, was, that, was that the go? Okay. No. So um, you've seen good times because you're black. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> you live here. <laughs> you have a black father. It's like you have to watch Good Times and 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 Sanford and Son. You have to watch Jefferson's too, probably. Great shows. Great, Great classic, shows. of course. It makes me laugh today. <laughs> like almost fifty years later, I'm laughing today. <laughs> um, great Good Times episode. Um, I don't know if you saw this one, but there's a great episode where Michael, 
who's a kid, probably in middle school, I guess, gets suspended for school. Florida says, why? Because he said to George Washington, I think it's George Washington, because George Washington uh, was not a hero because he owned slaves. Okay, this is 1974. <laughs> okay, 1974. You know, progressive, hip. So Michael gets thrown out of school because, you know, you can't call the father of our country slave owner, even though he was. But you can't say that, even though he was. Um, because that's mean, even though he was. You get my point. Okay, so James, the father, comes home. And so this was back in the day when you could spank a child, you know, and not get social services called on you. So James's goal was that he was going to spank him because he got suspended because he doesn't want to mess up his education. But then he changes his mind. Michael goes to Florida and Florida breaks this whole thing down. Florida says the mother, you know, you wouldn't have learned about George Washington being a slave owner. If you weren't inspired by what you learned in school to learn about the subject deeper, meaning that school was never supposed to teach you everything, Doc. It was supposed to give you information that hopefully inspires you to ask more questions so that you go pursue education on your own. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to have to get a tape of this myself. I just preached that thing. You feel the Holy Spirit just walking here? You feel the Holy Ghost coming here? I don't know. You didn't didn't feel that? It's like a Russian wind. You didn't feel it? You feel that? No, we're inside. School was not supposed to teach you a thing. School is supposed to give you a baseline of common core knowledge, I guess. But if you value, as we do in this house, if you value African-American history, that's your parents' job. That's your job to go deeper into African-American history. That's, that, that's, 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 that's your job. Right. It's not the school's job. Like I could go to the school and pick it and be uptight that we're not reading about the autobiography. I'm looking at my book because I'm rereading the autobiography of Malcolm X. I could be uptight that this isn't like you're not doing this in English class or I could buy the book, read it myself and make you read it or hopefully inspire you to read it. Right. So school is not supposed to teach you everything. So temper your your educational expectation this time in history is no different than any other time in history pre post anti before after pandemic it was never supposed to teach you everything there was i'm okay uh, okay i'll just i'll just say it briefly because i i don't want to get into too much trouble There was a post that a particular school system put up that's honored September 11th. Okay, by the time this is um, posted, it's like uh, like a month ago, five weeks ago, 9-11. We acknowledge what happened on 9-11. Won't forget whatever happened. I read some of the most vitriolic, mean spirited comments about a post honoring 9-11. My students' class only paused for 60 seconds. My students' class didn't talk about it at all. My students' class talked about it the whole time. My students' class talked about this part of 9-11, but they didn't talk about this part of 9-11. My students' class talked about that part of 9-11. I'm like, you, you can't win. You can't please. How do you take something positive and make it about you? But what you can do do is if your kid is interested, oh, you could start a club. To preach, preach. You start a club about that. Our the school I am a part of has now 
I think this is the second or third year of a class based around 9-11. They have a 9-11 class, the but class. they also have, you know, macro, micro classes. They have World War II classes because so many people are interested. But just because you don't have a class doesn't mean you could start a club. You could start, I don't know, your own type of group or something if you wanted and to. And here's another thing. or You, you could, could actually parent. I mean, I know that the Jets don't have a coach, but oh, wow. you actually have a coach in your house. You could actually parent. You could parent. Like, if 9-11 is important to you and you're not confident that the school system is going to do a job to explain 9-11 with the passion and the vigor that you want to talk about, then you blank and do it. You talk about it. Like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, you see, I'm getting heated. I'm, get, I just, I'm, just, I'm, get, I'm getting heated because social media is like, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out a way of not engaging with social media but being relevant on social media. So I haven't figured that out yet. But, you know, I'm rereading the autobiography of Malcolm X. I'm going to probably finish this book in about a week or so. Um, I could just talk to my, I could talk to you about Malcolm X. I'm not going to expect my English teacher to pause on his birthday to give 90 seconds on Malcolm X when she may or may not be the best person qualified to talk about Malcolm X. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, you, you understand my point. That's yeah. why we take off on Miles Davis's birthday. Number three. We do not. What yes, we do. We do too. What day? We play. We, it's in May. You went to school or you should stay at home. We were home, girl. Yeah, I'm we sure. were acting a fool. Yeah, we uh, sure. we we played we played kind of blue all day. Yeah, you yourself and I were at home. I know that's right. School. Pandemic. <laughs> Hashtag COVID. All right. Number three. Watch your mouth, especially around your students. Okay, watch your mouth. It helped me with the sale. Okay, watch your mouth. This takes me back to social media. Posting or verbalizing how stupid something is does not contribute to the long-term success of your students. Here's a really great example. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. You probably are not aware of this, mm. but there are times when your mother and I are in a room, closed door, going 12 rounds, UFC five rounds, and we coming out bruised, battered, scarred, but hard. I'm, I'm not talking about physically, I know, obviously. I know. Obviously. What I'm saying is that we're arguing about setting the course for this family but when we walk out the door we're on the same page because i'm never going to undermine your mother and your mother is never going to undermine me so here's what you do parents in a pandemic when you're not getting the education that you think that you deserve because you want your schools and you want your parent and you want your teachers to be supermen and women Here's what you do when you say, oh, that math teacher is an idiot. What you're doing is, is that you're planting the seed of disrespect of that teacher for your student. So now you're giving your student the opportunity to not succeed because you've told them that their teacher is not worthy of respect. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. so, so you can get on Facebook all you want. And you can get all your little chicken heads around to start talking about how bad somebody is. And if, if that makes you feel good when you put your head to pillow, that's great. But trust and believe your student is going to underachieve. And when they underachieve, it's not going to be the school's fault. 
not going to be the teacher's fault necessarily, not going to be necessarily how they taught the class. It's going to be because the student is looking for an out and you just gave them one. Did I, ever tell you, did I ever tell you about the time my beloved father, the one and only time he went to a parent-teacher conference? Yeah, you told me. Yeah. So he went to my honors English thing. Why aren't you doing well in honors English? I said, because the teacher doesn't like me. And my dad said, good. I hope she doesn't like you. I wouldn't like you either if I woke up every day, came up with an assignment, gave it to you, and you didn't do it. So I wouldn't like you either. You're not likable. <laughs> do the work. I'm not concerned about whether the woman likes you or not. Quiet as it's kept, I don't really care if you like her. What I care about is you being educated. Do the work. Then we could talk about whether we like the woman at some other point. Do the work. My dad removed any distraction from me doing the work. And so what your mother and I try to do for you guys, we try to remove any kind of obstacle for you to do the work. So watch your mouth because the love you save, as Michael Jackson will tell you, the love you save will be your own plant seeds of disrespect that will grow in your in your students not doing the work number four adversity is an opportunity to show how tough you are oh that sounded like a word right there adversity is an opportunity to show how tough you are to show you how great he is to show you that i know a man and he came from galilee and i read in that book that great is he that is within me than he that is in the world. While you get to drink of water, I get an opportunity to tell you about a man. Okay, I got it. Okay. Highlight the issues and how the odds are stacked against your students and celebrate the wins, reminding them how smart and how resilient and how strong they are. Okay. Take some time with your student and say, man, remember when you were in reading intervention? Remember when you had trouble with reading? Now you're not even in reading intervention. Look how great, look how great that is. Look how strong you handled that. Any test that you take is just an opportunity to show how smart you are, that you're prepared, that you studied. Look at, look, you got an 88 on this, man. Look, that's great. You know, adversity is an opportunity to celebrate that you can overcome it. Highlight that the uh, odds are stacked against. That's every movie, by the way. Remembering the Titans, it, all 17 Rocky movies and half the Rambos. All of that is about like overcoming the odds. Creed, overcoming the odds. What and two, overcoming the odds. Like deal with the adversity. Embrace that the odds are stacked against you. Cobra Kai, Karate Kid. Like it's all against you. Overcome and celebrate when you overcome. Five. Provide personal and historical evidence of how people overcame adversity. Yeah, so my boy puts it this way. If God brought you to it, allowed you to come to it, he'll bring you through it. So remember when you didn't think that you were going to be able to fill in the blank? And now you did. Remember when this class was super hard and you didn't think you were going to get an A? Well, you did. Well, if you could do that then, you can do this now, right? So if that, then this. Don't have um, academic or successful uh dementia don't forget where you came from remember the adversity remember how you prepared remember when you didn't know how to and now you do and how that prepares you for the next thing because if you accomplish that you can do that lebron you know lebron every time he shoots the ball it's with the expectation it is going in so he doesn't shoot just because there's nothing to do or the shot clock is winding down every time that ball releases from his hand he has the every expectation that ball is going in. And the fact that he's 0 for 20, 
he still wants the ball that 21st time. That's what makes him great. And then number six. Number six, remind students of adversity they've already faced. Yes. If they've done it before, if you did it before, you can do it again. Oh, I was if thinking about if they did it before, oh, they can do it again. See, I got you singing it. Oh, yeah, look at you. They, they, what was that? That was, that uh, was, I want to say Kirk because he just does everything uh, at this point. I, no, I think it was him. It probably was. But what album? Oh, I think it was before Love Theory. Yeah. I think it was the one before no, it that. it was one. before that. I think that was the one, two, three. Get I think it was victory. victory. Hashtag Kirk Franklin. Not sponsored. Does but he, we are open. He, we're open to it. He has, he has not sponsored. the Probably because he hasn't heard it. I'll send it to Kirk's people. Hashtag Kirk Franklin. See, I gave you a shout out, Kirk. Holla, holla at your boy. <laughs> Recap the list for me, son. Number one. Leaders are doing the best they can in these difficult times. Yeah, so they're doing the best they can. Have a little grace. Number two. Temper your educational expectations. Yeah, they're, schools weren't supposed to teach you everything. They're supposed to teach you something. Number three. Watch your mouth, especially around your students. Yeah, watch your mouth, okay? As you poison the water, remember your kids are swimming in that pool. Four. Adversity is an opportunity to show how tough you are. Yeah, show how tough you are even though the odds are stacked against you and then celebrate that success. Five. Provide personal and historical evidence of how people overcame adversity. Yeah, so us in church, the, you know, Moses, uh, Abraham, Christ, Christ Jesus, Peter, um, uh, uh, people in your family, health challenges, emotional, mental health challenges can overcome. Uh, what is, what's the next one? Is that the last one? Six? Remind students of adversity they've already overcome. Yeah, if you did it before, chances are you can probably do it again. Thanks, Dad, and thank you for listening to Attention to Detail. We'll be uploading new podcasts every week, usually on Mondays, and you should be able to find us wherever you get your podcasts. Write a review and like us. You can also follow our sponsor, VIP Consulting, at ericbird.com. Go to ericbird.com and sign up for a free gift. Just our way of thanking you for supporting VIP Consulting and this podcast. Show notes can be found at ericbird.com slash blog, where you can also follow the show on the VIP Consulting Twitter and Facebook pages. Attention. What's the last detail you want to leave our listeners with, Dad? Two things. One, remember that in this time of COVID and our pandemic, that education is at a premium. So you want to support your students the best as you can and give your school systems and your teachers the benefit of the doubt that they are doing the same. And then the other thing I want to say is go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com and register. It is happening right now through December. Uh, CFX Virtual is a fantastic thing. I will be speaking on October 19th virtually, but you want to register. Go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com to register. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time on Attention to Detail with Eric Burr. Attention. Attention.